0: questions. Many times we're scared of them and we think to ourselves, man, I hope they don't ask me that. Or we think, uh, is this an interrogation? Maybe you've thought or heard these dreaded words as a teenager from your parents or uh, when you're working in a business and the external auditor comes in, they say these words, we have a few questions for you. And, uh, you know, three or four hours later, they're still asking questions. We talk about getting put in the hot seat and being under fire when we're questioned. But beyond all the negative connotations and press, the reality is questions can be a gateway to discovery. They can help us move forward with a better sense of where we're going and why. One of the best things that a professor can tell a student is what? Now you're asking the right questions. Questions can help us solve complicated problems, diffuse volatile scenarios, chart a course forward. You ever been collaborating with people and you're just stuck about how to move forward, what to do? And then there's that one person that asks a random question from left field and it is the thing. ...that helps you solve the problem, move forward in the situation. And you say to one another, why didn't we think of that? Why didn't we ask that question before? It's genius. Now in some sense, the Protestant Reformation was not about discovering a ton of new material. I don't think the goal of any of the Reformers was ever to turn the world upside down. It simply started with some questions... It started with some talking points. That's what Luther's 95 theses were about. Questions that had been lost or buried or ignored. And what he thought would begin be the beginning of a conversation. A few questions asked and answered ended up changing the course of Western civilization. It all started with a few questions. So this morning as we think about faith alone salvation in Christ, I want us to ask some questions. Simple questions. Why? How? What? As we think about salvation by faith alone, I want us to ask those questions. Why? How? What? And it's important for us to remember, as we've already learned, that, that the faith alone piece is part of an unbroken chain of a doctrine that we know as justification. And it answers this question. How can we be made right with God? By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So let's dive in. I want us to think about a couple passages from the book of Romans. And uh, don't worry, you're not on the hot seat. You're not going to get drilled in this sermon. But these questions, I believe, can help us get to the heart of the gospel message and understanding what by faith alone really means. So salvation by faith alone, why? If you're a parent, you know your kids went through this stage, maybe uh, your nieces or nephews. Why? 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 Why, daddy? It's a joke, but why questions can Help us understand what's going on. If we're objective and honest with ourselves, they can be a huge diagnostic tool. Why questions can help us through and get behind the scenes and see what's going on. So, as we think about the wonderful, hard to believe biblical concept that we can be saved from our sins by faith alone in Jesus Christ, why is a good, a normal, And a logical answer. How can we be saved not by our good works, not based on what we've done, not based on paying a huge sum of money or our incredible talents? How can we be saved by faith alone? Why is this even possible? I want to answer that from a few places in Romans chapter 3. Salvation by faith alone. Why? Because of our sin. Salvation by faith alone. Why? Because of our sin. Look at chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. This passage reinforces, it reminds us, The Bible's clear assessment of people, the Bible's clear assessment of us, of you and me, we're sinners. We've broken God's commandments, his laws and his ways. Our mouths will be stopped. We'll be accountable to God. We're born in sin. And by doing good, by doing the works of the law, we can't do enough to make up for the mistakes and the sins that we've committed. This is a universal problem with us. It's sin. We cannot fix ourselves. We can't solve the problem. And so one of the things that we see when we think about faith alone salvation, why sin necessitates faith alone salvation. And let me be clear. I don't mean by that that because we're sinners that we deserve salvation and forgiveness and eternal life. I'm saying the opposite. If there is to be a way of salvation, if there is to be redemption because of our sin is so great and so pervasive, it would have to come from outside of ourselves. We can't earn it. We can't achieve it. We can't create it. We can't fabricate it. Why? Salvation by faith alone because of our sin. Our only hope for redemption has to come from outside. Someone, something outside of of ourselves. And you know we were created to live by faith in perfect fellowship and communion with God. Remember in the garden, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day and then then sin entered the picture. Now we we have faith alone salvation. It's necessary because we get to the end of our ropes and there's no other way and we can't do this on our own and we hit rock bottom. And we turn to God in faith. Why? Faith alone salvation. Because of our sin. Secondly, Romans 3 talks about this as well. Salvation by faith alone, why? Because of God's love. This is really the only reason why. Our sin sets things up it makes the conditions right. But if salvation is going to happen, it's got to be from God. The reason why, the source, the heart, the ground, the, the basis of salvation by faith alone is the loving heart of God. It's His kindness and mercy poured out on us even though we don't deserve it. When we read about this in Romans 3 verse 21, But now, sounds familiar from last week, doesn't it? But God, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested. The idea, the foundation, the source of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, it comes from God. His mercy and kindness. It's the message of the Bible. It's at the heart of Christianity. And it's, it's embodied in Jesus Christ. It's the greatest promise that God loves us. And it's one of the hardest to grasp. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. The fact that there is a gospel, that there is a cross and an empty tomb and the promise of eternal life is absolutely incredible. Why is salvation even a thing? Why the gospel? Because of God's everlasting, eternal, overwhelming, earth-shattering, mind-blowing love for us. And it's so hard for us to believe. And God gives us images of it. He gives us glimpses that He rejoices over us with singing. He loves us because He loves us because He loves us. He quiets us with His love. He adopts us into His family so that we can be called the sons and daughters of God. He loves us so much that He didn't even spare His only Son so that He could deliver us from our sin. We can be saved by faith alone. Why? Because God loves us, plain and simple. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds too good to be true. And I want to challenge you this morning and today and this week and this month to pray and to read and believe God, the God of the universe, truly does love you. Salvation by faith alone is a thing. Why? Because of God and His love for us. Secondly, I want us to ask the question, how? Salvation by faith alone, how? How something works, how it happens, matters. There's this guy that uh, comes to RYM training uh, once a year. He's a youth pastor in Maryland. And uh, he, uh, I don't know the right word for this. He's a magician. He's an illusionist. And uh, we would you know, be there eating, eating our meals together. And he would bring his deck of cards and whatever stuff that he you know, would bring. And he would blow our minds. And he'd do trick after trick after trick. And we would look at each other and say, how did you do that? How is that even possible? Do it again. And so he'd do it again. And then we'd say, how did you do that? And you know, every good illusionist or whatever, they never tell you how to do it. Um, And so knowing how something works helps us understand. It helps us trust it. It helps us uh, come to terms with the thing. Coming to terms with how salvation is by faith alone is a lifelong process. And it's actually one of the things that helps strengthen our faith. And as we begin to wrap our minds and our hearts around how it is that God actually loves us. How do we receive everlasting life? How do we receive the forgiveness of sins? How is God's anger appeased through the death of of Jesus Christ, the how question is answered, I think, in one of the clearest places in the Bible in Romans chapter 3. If you're here this morning, not a Christian, wondering what Christianity is all about, Romans chapter 3 is one of the places that I believe tells you the clearest how to have faith in Christ. If your friends are asking you, what is this Christianity thing all about, you do well to open your Bible to Romans chapter 3 and walk through these verses with them. How does it happen? Look at verse 21. The righteousness of God has been manifested. It's been revealed. It's been displayed. It's been declared. It's not just the righteousness revealed by us breaking God's commandments. But now the righteousness of God is manifested in a different way. It's embodied. It's flesh and blood. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ. The perfect holiness and righteousness of God in the flesh. Not just because Christ is God, but because Christ kept the law perfectly in this life. Look at verses 21 and 22. Now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law... Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. This helps show us and teach us. Jesus came to earth. He was the exact representation of the Father. Full of grace and truth. He not only came from heaven the righteousness of God. He obeyed on earth the righteousness of God. And this is a huge part of the gospel message. That Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. How salvation by faith alone it begins with the righteousness of God manifested Jesus coming to earth. what is the, the verse what did the verses say? The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God verse twenty three and then in verse twenty four Those who believe are justified by His grace as a gift. There's that word, accepted, declared, not guilty, righteous in His sight. How? By grace. It's a gift. Those words are synonyms. It's absolutely free, not based on what we've done. The passage goes on to explain how this happens in verse 24. Through redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Where does it come from in Christ? How do we get it through faith? And, and it's something that he achieved through redemption. See, Jesus not only lived a perfect life, we know that he laid down his life on the cross for our sins. And so through his sacrificial death, he came to accomplish, to achieve, to redeem his people from their sins. We've been bought with a price, the Bible says. First Peter one eighteen and nineteen says it this way You are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as gold and silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, like the lamb, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. Jesus redeems his people. And and how questions keep coming. How does he do that? Verse 25. Through propitiation by his blood. So when Jesus died on the cross, he he took, he absorbed the wrath of God the Father that we deserve. He took. He appeased the wrath of the Father. You remember on the cross, There were those three hours of pitch black darkness. That time represents when the Father's wrath is being poured out on Jesus so that we don't have to pay the penalty for our sins. So that we can be saved and forgiven. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 talks about this transaction that's highlighted here so beautifully. God made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So the gospel message is that Christ takes our sin on Him and the punishment that we deserve and He gives us His righteousness. And how do we get it? It's received by faith alone. The details matter. When you are discouraged and overwhelmed and tempted to think that Jesus Christ is not enough to save you or carry you through or walk with you, think about the details of how He saves. How salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Think about the cross and the empty tomb and you'll be brought back to putting your confidence in Jesus and what He's done for you. And when you're tempted to think that you're really something special and that you're firing on all cylinders and that God's lucky to have you on His team, and you think that Jesus isn't enough because you're really something, come back to the Gospel. Come back to Romans 3 and think about how He did it. And it can humble us when we think we're proud and special uh, and we can handle life on our own. The details matter. How God does it is beautiful and wonderful, and it can inform our faith. The last thing I want us to think about this morning is salvation by faith alone, what? What does this mean? What is salvation by faith alone? I want this to be a time of clarification because there are plenty of opportunities and examples of this concept being misunderstood. Salvation by faith alone, what is it? What are some of the things we need to know? First of all, when we read the Bible, we realize that faith is a gift. Not only is salvation a gift, but if we're dead in our trespasses and sins, and if we're spiritually dead, we need to be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. And when we read the scriptures, we realize that even the faith to believe the gospel is a gift. Remember Ephesians 2, by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. If you're here this morning and you believed in Jesus and you're a Christian, it's not because you're smarter than other people or you're more logical or you're better or wiser or sharper. Deep down you know this. It's because God opened your heart. And your mind, so that you could see that He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's because He came to rescue us even when we were running away from Him. Salvation by faith alone is a gift, and that faith itself is a gift. Another what question answered is this Salvation by faith alone is about Jesus Christ. We're called to believe God's promises, we're called to have faith in Jesus Christ to believe in Him, but I think a lot of times people get caught up in wondering if they have enough faith. We look at our faith or our lack of faith and we obsess over it and we think, is my faith strong enough? Is it great enough? How's my faith? What about my faith? God does call us to deeper faith and trust in Him. But in in obsessing over our faith, How much we have, we forget this vital reality. It's not about the strength of our faith. It's about the strength of our Savior. Faith is an instrument that God uses for us to receive and embrace Jesus. It's not about how much faith you have. It's about who or what you're trusting in. It's about Jesus Christ. He's strong. He's able. He can deliver. He can save. We're saved by faith alone. And that faith is about Jesus. What else do we know about faith alone salvation? It's informed. What's described here in Romans 1 and in Romans 3, what was rediscovered in the Reformation, what's at the heart of biblical Christianity is not blind faith. That's something, a charge that's put on Christians a lot. Well, you just have blind faith. No, it's not blind faith. It's informed. It's based on the life of a man who lived some 2,000 years ago, an actual person in time and space. It's rooted in something that's historically legitimate. It's informed. It's not just an intellectual exercise. It's not just an emotional experience. Those those things go together. It's rooted in an encounter with Jesus Christ. The Christ is our only hope. And however the light of Christ shines in our hearts, it's informed by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. We're saved by faith alone, and that's a faith that is informed. What else do we know about this salvation by faith alone? I didn't make this up. Salvation by faith alone is not faith that is alone. It's a free gift. There's nothing we can do to add to it. There is nothing we can do to deserve it. It's by grace through faith in Christ. And along with, with it comes a life that's been changed and transformed by Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Those who trust in Christ are not perfect. They don't have everything together in their life. But there is something different about those who believe in Jesus. Their lives have been changed. Their lives are being changed. God's people bear the fruit of the Spirit. God is working in us to grow us into the image of Christ. And there should be a growing desire to repent of our sins and care for the poor, and the outcast, and the alien, and to love God, and to love one another, our lives should be marked by growing and repenting. We're saved by faith alone, but it's not faith that is alone. And lastly, salvation by faith alone is a lifelong calling. Sola Fide, faith alone message from the Reformation, we said in the intro, is primarily connected with the doctrine of justification, how we can be made right with God. It's concerned with entry into God's family, becoming a Christian, being accepted in Christ. But for anyone who's been around the Christian faith for long, you know that faith is at the heart and essence of being a Christian. It's not just something you do at the beginning. It's a lifelong calling. Look at Romans 1, verse 17. For in it, in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. One translation of from faith for faith is from beginning to end. The Christian life is a life of faith from beginning to end. We're not only saved and accepted and adopted by grace through faith. Our lives in following Christ are lives of faith from the beginning to the end. Here's what I want to suggest to you as we close. Knowing the why and the how and the what of faith alone of salvation. Knowing those things is an invitation for us. It's an invitation for us to go deeper and further with the Lord. And so if you're here this morning and you're not trusting in Jesus Christ, maybe you're investigating Christianity, maybe you're here because your parents drag you to church every Sunday, maybe you're, you've always gone to church because that's just what people do, whatever the circumstances, if you're here this morning and you're not trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, Master and Maker, Redeemer and Friend, this is why He came to heal and to forgive and to cleanse and to save people like you and me. Whatever hurdles you have, whatever hangups you have with Christianity, whatever fears you have about trusting and following Jesus Christ, they will fade away in the light of His glory and grace. When you see Jesus face to face and you embrace Him in love and His grace for you, come to Jesus and live This passage and this topic is also an invitation for people who have been Christians for a really long time. Or maybe just a few years. It's an invitation for us to go deeper with the Lord. And we all need that, don't we? God, I need to trust you more. Help me. Through the struggles and the circumstances that we face in our lives. Through the curveballs that life throws at us, through the amazing opportunities with which we're presented, water coming into our homes, sick children, news that the cancer might be coming back, disappointment with our jobs or our marriage, being confronted with our own demons that we can't seem to break. These are all opportunities to trust and follow Jesus Christ, our faithful Savior. What are the areas and the situations in your life where Jesus is inviting you to trust in Him? I've got a few. I imagine you do too. This is the sum of the Christian life. Learning what it means To follow Jesus. Learning what it means to trust in Him more and more. Leaning into His loving arms. Relying on His amazing grace. Believing that He loves us and cares for us. Because if we have been accepted and forgiven, adopted and justified. If we truly are the daughters and sons of God. If Christ laid down His life for us. Then we can trust Him no matter what. The rest of our lives is an opportunity, an invitation to live by faith alone. Let's pray.